0: Invite you to stand and face the procession. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. I confess to God Almighty before the whole company of heaven and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned by my own fault in thought, word, and deed. I pray God Almighty to have mercy on me, forgive me all my sins. And bring me to everlasting life. mighty and merciful God grant you healing, pardon, and forgiveness of all your sins. Amen. Creator God, you prepare a new way in the wilderness, and your grace waters our desert. Open our hearts to be transformed by the new thing you are doing, that our lives may proclaim the extravagance of your love, given to all, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may see you
1: A reading from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. The word of the Lord. reading from Philippians. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, These I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus, the word of the Lord.
2: days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume, made of pure gnar, anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord.
3: Praise I
2: invite you to be seated. Good morning, Good morning, church. Good to see you as we gather now. We have been in the Gospel of Luke, and we are now making a jump into the Gospel of John for the day. And we're kind of at the tail end of a story of the Gospel of John. And this story happens to fall kind of at the middle of John. This is this important linchpin story that bridges us from One half of kind of the beginning of John, getting to know John, getting to know who Jesus is in John, how the people get to know who Jesus is. Um, We learn about that. And then the back half of of the Gospel of John, which is about uh, the Passion Week and the resurrection that comes after that. And so we, uh, we hear, we find ourselves in a story that's familiar and it's all tied together, but we kind of get the back half. And I'm just going to make an assumption here that you all weren't up this morning studying your daily lectionary texts, getting ready for church and prayer and conversation as you uh, blissfully gathered yourselves together and came to church in happy mood. You weren't trying to, hey, we got to go, get in the car, right? that maybe more sounds like what you do in the morning. Yeah. Uh, So this story begins on John chapter 11 where Jesus receives word that, that Lazarus, Lazarus is dying and that he should come and heal him. And so instead of leaving right away, Jesus waits, which is an odd part of the story, but Jesus waits and just as he's ready to go, he receives word that Lazarus has died. And he goes still. He goes along the path. And as he's going first, he is met by Martha. And then later he meets Mary. And they, they have the same words for Jesus. And I think these are powerful words even today. They say to Jesus, Jesus, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. You know, I think it's important in the midst of this story that we hear both Martha and Mary coming to Jesus with all that they have in them. Their frustration. Their sadness. Their anger. They come and they confront God. Sometimes I wonder if we don't bring our full selves into our relationship with God. We don't always share our anger when we're really mad at God in a situation. Sometimes I wonder if we don't always share our sadness or what we had hoped would have happened. Here we learn, though, from the biblical text from Mary and Martha that we can bring our whole selves to God and God will be there for us. In this situation, you hear that Jesus is overcome. And then John chapter 11, verse 20, 35 is the shortest verse of the Bible, right? You all know it. Jesus wept, right? You've been trained in the King James Version of that uh, narrative. We always have that. If you can memorize one verse, you can memorize that one, right? You got that down. in Bible trivia, you got it down, right? And uh, so uh, we hear, though, about Jesus begins to weep. I think that's an important piece of the story, too. We hear about a God who is transformed by God's relationship. Not only with Lazarus, but with Mary and Martha. God is transformed. And what does it mean that God cries? It's not the image that we have of God typically. Who God is in this world. Maybe in our lives. Of a weeping Jesus. Jesus then goes and He calls for the stone to be removed and he cries and calls out Lazarus. And Lazarus makes that move from death to life. Jesus has transformed the ways of the world. The ways that everything have operated up until that point. Jesus has moved the needle. Instead of moving from life to death, Jesus now brings new life. New life into Lazarus. This is good news for everyone except the Pharisees who then the next story is they plot to kill Jesus, right? And then we get the story of where we're at today. Where Jesus comes in and He is coming into Bethany and so it's time when you have guests, when company are coming to town, you not only dust but you make a meal, right? It's time to eat. And they sit down. They've, Martha has made this meal, is ready to serve this meal. And they sit down and it notes that Lazarus, who once was dead, is now alive, is sitting and eating with Jesus. Now, oftentimes when we read about the story or even talk about it, we talk about the difference between Martha and Mary. Mary Martha is the one that's busy doing the work, getting everything in line. She doesn't have time to just run off and uh, do things. She has to get things in order. She's our type A. And then you have Mary who is in the moment, right? At Jesus' feet, learning and growing and, and here spreading rich perfume. Kind of just in the moment kind of person. And typically we take time and there's a lot of hay that's made between kind of what's the difference between Martha and Mary and Mary is lifted up and things like that. But in our story today, we have two different figures. We have Mary who is anointed the anointed. She has offered up a great gift to Jesus in washing and drying His feet. And lavish spending. And then we have Judas Iscariot. And every time that Judas comes up in the texts, I get a face in my mind that's somewhere between the Joker and Jafar. You know, that big smile on his face. You know, that kind of creepy way of uh, looking. You're happy, but that's not really the happy that I'm looking for uh, in his face. And he's got some words that are tied in here, right? And the problem with these words is that they can ring true to us. We can hear them, and even though Judas has been described as the devil, we still think, you know, Judas, you're on to something here. Judas comes in and he says, why wasn't this sold? 300 denarii, a year's wages. Y'all know what you make in a year? Imagine what you could do with that money. Why don't you sell it and give it to the poor? Imagine what it would be like to give an entire year's wages to the poor. What would that look like for you? Think of how many people could be fed. Think of how many people could be clothed. Think of how many lives could be transformed by that one gift. And so we find ourselves, you know, hey, Judas, you're up to something here. And I think i rather agree with you. We shouldn't do this lavish sort of spa treatment to Jesus. Instead, Let's give that money to the people that are in need. Because that's what we do to show our love and affection. That's what we do. Or that's maybe what we've been trained to do. The reason these words ring true is because they are part of the ethic, I think, of what we find ourselves in all the time. We consistently be, are taught that it's good to just give away the money. That we should be at work doing this sort of thing on a regular basis. When We're in this season right now where we're gearing up for some mission trips and some other mission work. And every time that I plan a mission trip, somebody asks, and sometimes... You know, I've even wondered myself, especially when we're going far off, like, what if we just took the money that we're spending, all these plane tickets, or all this money that we have gathered, and we just gave it to the organization and let them do the work? Let them do it. When we think about giving to organizations that tend to those who are poor or in need, sometimes we do it with a good heart, but oftentimes I think we do it for other reasons altogether. Maybe because it just brings us joy. Maybe because it is one of those things that we do because we feel guilty for how much we have. Maybe we do it because it's quite possibly the easiest thing to do. In fact, if you're asking me, one of the best American traits that we have is we see an issue and we write a check. We use our money to deal with problems. We just give it away. And so when we find these words that we hear from Judas, we find ourselves believing them. I'm thinking maybe he is right. What about Mary? Mary is just seeing the resurrection. Mary has been witness to a transformation of what can happen in this world. Mary understands that the 300 denarii is nothing. Because our heavens are lined with streets of gold. Mary understands that Jesus is our justification, not our self-righteousness. That it doesn't matter what our piety is or how much we give away, there is no way to justify ourselves. That we are not able to earn the status of God no matter how much we want to or try to. But instead, we are called to live and love and serve the one who has already justified us. Who has already looked upon you and all of your faults and misgivings. The times that you didn't give or didn't give enough. The times you didn't serve. The times you decided not to give of your most precious resource, your time. The times that you fell short of loving your neighbor and says you are worthy. You are loved. I'm merciful and I forgive. Mary understands that story. In our daily journeys as you go out into this world, you're going to be confronted with these two ways of being. Do we give out of our self-righteousness, to earn our own position, to justify our own being? Or do we or are we called to give in joy and abundance? in the ways in which Mary shows forth God's presence amongst her and how much that that means to her? This voice is going to come up. And when it does, remember the words that Jesus says to Judas. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Because it's not in your works that you are justified, but it is in me. And so when that voice creeps into your mind, trying to find its own way back in, Remember these words of Jesus and cry out to the devil and say, Leave me alone, for I am justified by Jesus. And it is in Jesus' name that I go forth into this world in a reckless and dangerous way. A way that Mary does, pouring forth 300 denarii worth of perfume on the ground and washing it with her hair. Being able to enter into places and spaces like on mission trips where you literally give of your time and maybe even risk your life. You're called into these dangerous places and spaces because God is at work there with you. And it's through God's justification that we have a calling higher than ourselves, but into a world that is in so desperate need of our care. As you go out into this world with your acts of generosity and joy, may you feel God's mercy and love and abundance wash over you each and every day. And for that, we give thanks to God. Amen.
4: with all those who come together in faith to praise the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. As we continue our Lenten journey, remind us of the gift you generously gave, your Son, Jesus Christ. May we be loving, obedient servants so that we may also enjoy eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, Be with the hungry, homeless, and neglected people of your world. Provide them food, safety, and kindness to lift them from the dark times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those affected by war. We remember those who have lost their lives suddenly and hold in our hearts the families forever changed by loss. Bless those who have survived and heal their memories of trauma and devastation. May they have the courage to face the days ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we thank you for the unity we have in our church and for the good leaders. We pray that you may give us the grace to continue serving you in truth and spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, give healing, comfort, and strength to those hurting in mind, body, and spirit. We pray for all in need and those whom we name now. Be with the
0: Steve and Marty Schultz family at the death of Steve's mother. Comfort them as they
4: mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your loving hands, O God, we place all for whom we pray, trusting in your great mercy and love through the one who walks with us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ
0: be with you always. And also with you. Let us share that peace with one another.
3: That's peace. Peace be with you. That's peace. Peace be with you. God's peace.
2: morning. Happy Sunday, everyone. we got a few announcements, but we got a uh, few folks to talk to us today, so we're just going to make it quick. If you're visiting with us or if you are with us online and visiting, we'd love for you to fill out a welcome card. Those are found right in front of you, just so that we can connect with you and have further conversation uh, as we continue to go. Uh, as we move into the Holy Week, there's a million announcements about when things are happening and how things are going to go. And so it's really important that you're connected with us in some way, that you're finding a way on social media or through peace signs or on our website uh, to be connected to all that is going on. And we uh, look forward to that. One of the things that we are looking for right now for our Afghan refugee replacement, uh, our placement, uh, is uh, washers and dryers. If you, by chance... Have a couple washers or dryers or a washer or a dryer or something of that combination uh, that you have sitting around and we could use those there's a couple apartments they have the stuff all ready for them they just don't have washers and dryers in them um, big families can use do a lot of laundry uh, I'm sure that many of you can attest to that and so they could use one in their building so if you have one or know somebody who happens to be replacing them or something along that line let us know so that we can help them get some washers and dryers I'm gonna invite Mohan Shah up. Mohan is uh, one of our lucky uh, high school youth that is coming along on our mission trip he's got a message
3: to share. Good morning my name is Mohan Shah Uh, I'm in the ninth grade and I'm very excited to go on this trip to Nashville Tennessee this summer Uh, in Nashville we'll have a variety of service opportunities including partnering with local organizations through food and clothing distribution, and sorting, uh, and sorting, spending time with the elderly, community beautification projects, and helping facilitate youth programming. We will also take time each day for devotions and worship to learn more about our faith and learn more about who God is in the world. Due to the changes in COVID, we are going to do a different type of fundraiser this year. This weekend and the next, we are selling shares of stock to help fund this adventure, Buying a share will not only support the trip, but also give you access to the shareholders' meeting in August. You can choose to give in person or donate online through Breeze. Thank you for your support. All
2: right. Thank you, Mohan, for getting up. Third service. He's got more energy now than he did at 8.15. It's great uh, as we've moved along the day for that. Amy Higga is also, uh, she's been following Mohan up all day, uh, and she is here from Grain of Rice. Some of you got to hear her talk at 9.30 and she's here to share a little bit about her ministry as well.
5: Good morning. morning. Thank you so much for having me here. I first just want to say thank you for the way that this church has continued to support our ministry in Kenya over the years. The last time that I was here, it was pre-COVID and things obviously have changed a lot in the world during that time, but they've also changed a lot for us in Kenya. So when I was here before, we were based in Nairobi in one of the slums there called Kibera. Um, And since that time, we've purchased land and moved to a rural area on the outskirts of Nanyuki, which is four and a half hours um, from from Nairobi. And so in that transition, um, what started as an artisan program and an after-school program for kids has now transitioned into a full-time school that we've been able to build there for the students that we worked with before, and then we've also started taking in students from the community and other people who were referred to us that are in need. Now, when you think of a school, or when I think of a school, I used to be a teacher in the U.S., and so it's often, you know, just something that we take for granted. You probably are going to put your kids on the bus tomorrow morning, or your grandkids, um, and when you go into a school in the U.S., we're used to seeing things like supplies and materials and technology. In Kenya, though, it's really different. Um, When I was first there, what I would often notice going into the schools is that they didn't have paper, pencils, books, just basic supplies. One time I went into a home for um, like a juvenile detention center for, for boys who had been in trouble, and they were sitting at their desk learning, and I asked them, where's the teacher at? And they told me oh, there's no teacher, we're just teaching ourselves. So you can imagine, you're supposed to be rehabilitated, I guess, by yourself. Um, So so having, um, you know, going to school here is just something that we do. We kind of take it for granted. But in Kenya, it really is a privilege. And having a great education, a good education, is something that you can usually only hope for if you have a lot of money. And the kids that we work with do not have a lot of money. Uh, they come from very humble backgrounds. Some of them live in mud and stick houses or corrugated tin. So getting a good education oftentimes isn't something that they've ever thought about. And one of the big challenges um, is just for us to get them to kind of think outside the box and think bigger. We, we talk with them a lot about dreaming big and what does that look like um, and what, what is there for them in the future. It has been really exciting this year to just see the growth. Um, If you were at the the Sunday school time where I was talking, I kind of talked about how when the kids first showed up on the bus, we were very excited and we had been building for a long time and I thought the kids were going to get off the bus like jumping and screaming and really excited. But in fact, they looked very scared and they were very carsick. These are children who've never, ridden in cars on most days of of their lives. And so uh, the first thing that we really had to do was to help them feel safe and help them feel like they've belonged. This is the first time they've ever had their own bed to sleep in, and many of them did not want to sleep in the bed by themselves. They're all tucked in these bunk beds, two in each bed, curled up together, and they don't want to sleep with the lights off because that's something they've never been able to do in the slums where it's not safe. But I love the story of Faith, who's one of the girls who's been in our program for a long time. Um, She told us that one of her favorite things about the school is that she feels safe. And providing a safe space is is really, really important. Um, There's so many stories I can tell you about the kids. There's one girl that we discovered after she had been there a few months that She's the longest-running kid in our program that was at our school, and she has been hiding that she had a huge tumor growing on her arm, and she was wearing long sleeves or wearing um, a coat over top of it, and she was very embarrassed and scared. So she was able to have surgery in December, and um, praise God, her arm looks awesome now. That surgery is not something her family would have been able to afford. I mean, it's more money than they're going to make the entire year. Uh, and so I love that we have this staff of Kenyan teachers who are uh, part of the local community and, and are really celebrating and cheering on these kids and um, just helping them to do their best. And I'll leave you with the story of Anita. She's another one of the girls who came in from very humble background. She is from the Turkana tribe. Uh, The Turkana tribe are known for living in very simple conditions. There's often early marriage. uh, And so it's very hard to be a girl in that community. She hadn't been in school. She should have been. Uh, So she came in mostly speaking her mother tongue language. And uh, when we started this school, I believed that we should take a risk and we should take any kid who wanted to come who deserved an education. We did not take the smartest kids. We took some of the lowest kids. We took the average kids. We took the kids that needed a chance. And uh, I thought it was gonna work. I believed that it was gonna work, but not everybody maybe thought that was true. However, Anita went from not knowing even Kiswahili to now speaking English and um, she's like the number two reader in her kindergarten class, reading at a first grade level. She was teaching my own kid who's three how to count to 100. They were sitting in the corner of the room and she would say the number, 32, and then he would repeat, 32, and they would go back and forth. How beautiful of a, a thing is that, that the table has kind of completely shifted and something, someone from that culture is teaching someone um, in my own family and, and helping educate them. I, I love that. So thank you for for what you're doing to make these things possible. If you wanna learn more, I will be out at the table. We are having a 5K on May 14th, and it's a way for you to help support the kids and the school. All the money is going to go towards the kids' education. Um, It's $40 to register. If you register today, you can get a T-shirt. And um, we also always need people to be advocates, which is like sponsoring or cheerleading that child through monthly support. So I can talk to you about that as well. Thanks.
2: Thank you, Amy, and for the ministry that you do uh, in Kenya. We continue in our worship with the giving of our tithes and our offering. Up your hearts.
0: Your the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places, give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal feast that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. God, our living water and our merciful guide, together with rivers and seas, wells and springs, we bless and magnify you. You led your people Israel through the desert and provided them with water from the rock. We praise you for Christ, our rock and our water, who joined us in our desert, pouring out his life for the world. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering therefore his life, death, and resurrection, we await your salvation for all this thirsty world. Pour out your spirit on this holy food, and on all the baptized gathered for this feast, wash away our sin, that we may be revived for our journey by the love of Christ. Through him, all glory and honor is yours, almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come,
3: your will be done. Amen.
4: Blessed Jesus, in this rich meal of grace, you have fed us with your body the bread of life. Now send us forth to bear your life-giving hope to a world in need. Amen. Go in peace. Jesus meets you on the way.